0: Well, what a great time we've had journeying together through the Old Testament, and, and uh, we began uh, in this series called The Promise, we began in Genesis and walked through creation and then the flood. Uh, we saw uh, God do amazing things through Abraham and Isaac. Uh, we saw Joseph and the coat of many colors and, and how Joseph went from, uh, from being a son to being thrown in prison. Uh, to them becoming prince and how God used that to create his people. We saw the children of Israel in bondage in Egypt and how God uh, rescued them through Moses and his great signs and wonders. Uh, We saw the children of Israel at the base of Mount Sinai worshiping a golden calf. Uh, We heard uh, the children of Israel rebel against God as they stood at the edge of the promised land and God told them to go in and that he had given them the land, and they allowed their fear to overcome their faith, and they said no. And the consequence of that was 40 years in the wilderness, wandering around till that entire generation died out. Today we pick up the story with Joshua. And so if you have Bibles, turn to Joshua. While you're turning there, uh, we're doing this series uh, of, uh, uh, of sermons, but there, there's also this Emphasis on prayer that we 've initiated it 's called one 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 and it 's not that complicated it's it 's pretty simple we 've committed as a church at one o'clock for one minute we 're going to pray for one thing and each week I kind of share with you what that one thing is today uh, at uh, at one o'clock i 'm going to encourage you to pray for someone else who is here at uh, first Norfolk on Kemsville or uh, Kimsville or first Norfolk on Volvo at and uh, whichever lo- location you're at right now, I'm going to ask you to uh, get the name of a person sitting next to you and, and uh, commit to pray for them this week. Now, we've done this before, uh, but I'm going to ramp it up just for a little bit, okay? Just, just a tiny bit. So uh, there at First nova on Volvo, there's somebody sitting next to you, and I'm going to encourage you to go to that person. You get their name and then you ask them, what is one thing I can pray for you this week? And at First Norfolk on Kinsville, you go and, and you find that person sitting next to you. You get their name and you say, what is one thing I can pray for you this week? Uh, so that means that you're going to have to get out of the comfort zone of anonymity a little bit. And you're going to have to talk to somebody. Now, I know that's scary for some and, and, and frightening uh, but uh, it, it's, it, this is what the church must do, to pray with one another. You know, the Bible tells us that what makes a vital church uh, is a church that uh, is devoted steadfastly to Scripture, the Apostles' Doctrine, this is Acts chapter 2, um, a church that's devoted to Scripture. That's what we're doing right here. We're opening God's Word. It's what we do in our life groups open God's word together. It's it, it's devoting ourselves, continuing steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, breaking of bread. That's where we uh, fellowship together. Uh, it's where we uh, have meals together, but it's also communion. And next Sunday afternoon at our Volvo location, we're going to have uh, communion together. We're going to have a campus catalyst meeting where we talk about church business, but uh, most importantly, we're going to have communion together. That's breaking bread. Uh, fellowship, that's That's us talking together, and and one of the key ingredients of fellowship is praying together. Uh, They continued steadfastly in the Apostles' Doctrine, breaking of bread, fellowship, and prayer. Uh, What makes us connect as much as anything else is when we pray together. Now, I pray, but I pray mostly by myself, and that's good. That's that's my prayer closet, and that's spectacular, Uh, and it's great that I pray by myself, but but I rob myself and I rob us of, of the kind of connection that a church is supposed to have when, when I don't pray with you and you with me, when we don't pray together. So what I want us to do is I want us to take uh, about one minute, that's all, about one minute, and you go to someone right now, and uh, again, husbands and wives, this is a great, great starter kit on marriage. So uh, ask your wife what her name is. And find out what can I pray for you this week, okay? Uh, So you, you can do it that way or you can go to someone you don't know. It's okay. No legalism here, all right? But let's pray for each other. So right now, one, two, three, go find somebody, get their name. What can you pray for them about? Okay, you've had more than a minute. Was that okay? Everybody do all right? Okay. Yes. All right. Sweet. I've got to preach a little bit today, okay? I know y'all just want to talk. And uh, uh, By the way, in a couple, of, uh, not a couple of weeks, but there will be, uh, as we begin 2019, we're going to set it up so that we have an entire worship gathering that's just praying for each other. Uh, we're not going to tell you when that is because we're afraid some of y'all might sleep in and say, I can pray for my bed just as easy. But, uh, but that's gonna, we're going to gear an entire worship gathering praying for each other. Th- this is not just some secondary kind of thing that we need to be about. This is primary for us. We need to be a people of prayer and praying together. Uh, connects All right. Uh, well, let's look at Joshua. Now, we're going to lean into Joshua chapters 5 and 6. Uh, but we're, we're looking at the whole story leading up to chapter 6. Let me tell you what happens in chapter, chapter 6. This is the end of the story. Chapter 6, uh, the children of Israel walk around the city of Jericho uh, uh, once a day, every day, for six days. And they walk around Jericho. Uh, the priests, the Levites, they blow ram's horns, and the people are singing. But that's all they do for... For six days, they walk around the city of Jericho. On the seventh day, they walk around the city of Jericho seven times. They blow the trumpets and they sing the praise and they give a loud shout and the walls come tumbling down and the city of Jericho falls into the hands of the children of Israel. The battle is won. So that's the victory. How did they get there? Now, when we look at Joshua... Uh, we see a man that, that had learned lessons from the generation that went before. Moses is dead. He's not in the, in the promised land any longer. He didn't get to go to the promised land. An entire generation has died out in the wilderness because they refused to be obedient to God. And now the children of Israel have cro- are about to cross the Jordan River. And they cross the Jordan River and they go into the promised land and God gives them the victory. Now, we need to live in the victory that God gives. And, and sometimes we don't feel like there's much victory going on. Uh, yesterday uh, at uh, uh, a Big Serve, uh, one of the uh, young ladies that was working there, uh, uh, she came up. Uh, she was working there with her mom and dad. She came up to me and she handed me this pecan. And she said, uh, can you use this in your sermon tomorrow? I said, of course. No problem. I can use almost anything. Uh, but as, as you look at this pecan, you look at this pecan, you, you see you, it still has a part of the green husk on, on, on the outside. Underneath the green husk is the brown stuff that you're supposed to crack and get to the meat. All right, so that's the pecan. Uh, so on one side, you see the green husk. You turn it around, and you see it kind of rotten out and everything. Uh, and so it's in my hot little hand. So um, here's what I can say about this pecan. This pecan, you see what I did there? <laughs> see how, see, I'm in, being inclusive, everything to everyone, pecan and pecan. Uh, this pecan, pecan, uh, it, it kind of describes the way some of us feel sometimes. It's seen better days and it's not going to see its best days. Now, sometimes we feel like that. We've seen our better days, and we're afraid that we're just not going to see our best days. You know the best days for this pecan. The best days for this pecan is for it to fulfill its purpose, and its purpose is not for us to eat the sweet meat inside. The purpose of a pecan is to fall to the ground, be planted in the ground, then grow up to be a pecan tree that grows to about 75 feet tall or hundred feet tall and, and and is hanging around for decades. That's the best days of a pecan. That's that's what this is made for, to grow other pecan trees. Well it's not gonna do that now. You look at the pecan, it looks like it's seen its better days and it's not going to get to see its best days. As we get here today, in, in the chaos of our life, in the chaos of our everyday, in the circumstances that we face, in the struggles that confront us, in the relationships that seem so fragile and breaking, in, in, in a job that seems dead end sometimes or, or, or it goes sideways and we don't know if we can make the shift with it. We're, we're, we're in a world and in a life with, with, with health problems and political problems and all kinds of crazy problems and And we look at that and we say, oh, we've seen our better days and I'm just not sure we're going to see our best days. But as followers of Jesus Christ, can I tell you that yes, we have seen good days. Better days are coming and the best day is yet to be. As followers of Jesus, we're not like this pecan. As followers of Jesus, the best is yet to come. Truly, the best is yet to come. And better is on its way. That's who we are as followers of Christ. Why? Because God, in his promise to us, in the person of Jesus Christ, has set the path for us to experience and live a victorious life. He set the path for us to have victorious living every single day. And I've got to tell you, today is your moment. Today is your moment to see and consider how that you can live in that promise that God has given us in Christ. And walk in victory every day. How do we get there? Well, as we look at Joshua and how the victory comes at the battle of Jericho... to get there, we need to go back to Joshua chapter 3. Now, there's a commitment, several commitments that Joshua makes. As he becomes leader, Moses died. Joshua becomes leader. God says to him, be, be, uh, be of good courage. Don't be afraid. Uh, I'm going to be with you wherever you go. There's that promise. And, and Joshua says, yes. And, and Joshua uh, says to the children, I don't know what you're going to do, but here's what I'm going to do is for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Commitment, co- covenant, yes. And so he's made these commitments and he's pressing forward, but but then they come to the brink of the Jordan River, the brink of the promised land. It's the same place where a generation before had determined they weren't going to go in. But this generation, they were going to be obedient to the Lord. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 4, God outlines the problems that we face anytime we step forward in obedience. Genesis chapter 3, verse 4, Verse 4, God tells the children of Israel, you have not gone this way before. The unknown, that's what gets scary. You uh, jump off a high dive. It's the unknown that's scary. By the way, I don't jump off high dives. That's an adventure I'm not willing to take. I I, I just... I." It's not because I'm scared of the water. It's because I'm scared of the drop. I don't like high high dives. I don't like them. They scare me. So I'm not going to jump willingly, willy-nilly into the unknown. In a place in Texas, uh, you float down the the Guadalupe River and you get to a place uh, on the Guadalupe River where there are uh, uh, cliffs and you can jump off the cliffs and into the water. Uh, Yeah, I never did that. (laughs) That, That's just a jump too far. Well, Maybe that's where you are today. When you face the unknown of your today or tomorrow, you're thinking, this is frightening. This is something I don't want to do. This is something that fills me with despair. You're paralyzed in your fear, and you don't know how to move forward. And I get that. I understand that. But guys, I got to tell you, as scary as the jump may be, When we go with God, it's not a jump into the unknown. It's an adventure of victory for us every day. But we've got to go with God for that victory. And we're going into places we do not know today, the rest of this day. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how to handle the circumstances that you're going to be confronted with. There are things that we do not know. How do we walk victoriously into the unknown? It's this promise that God has made. What is the promise? Well, the promise is, I'll be with you wherever you go. The promise is, I will give you the victory. The promise is what we find as followers of Jesus in 1 Corinthians 15 that I read a few moments ago. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, Jesus, uh, Paul says of Jesus that, that death has been swallowed up in victory. Death, where is your sting? Hell, where is your victory? The strength of uh, death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who always leads us into victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Here is victory for us, a life lashed To Jesus. And we can live in that victory so that we don't have to uh, be overwhelmed with despondency and despair. No matter the obstacles that we face. No matter the Jericho that confronts us. Look. Jesus is our sure and certain victory. In every circumstance of our life. Doesn't mean we're going to get all the things that we want. I said uh, last week or a week before, the best life now is life in the grip of Jesus. It's life in the presence of God. The the best life we could ever hope to have is not an absence of conflict. It's the presence of the Lord. This is our victory as well. Victory comes as we walk hand in hand with Jesus and he leads us forward even into the unknown and we can sing and we can dance and we can celebrate not because all our circumstances are peachy but because we have the king of creation holding us as we go. We have victory. So how do we get a hold of victory today? This is the time, by the way. Not tomorrow, not the next day. Right now. You want to have victory instead of despair. You want to have joy instead of sorrow. You want to have uh, celebration instead of a uh, uh, the, the, uh, uh, time of, of mourning. You, you want to experience victory in your emotions, in your finances, in your marriage, in your, uh, in, in your relationships, in your family. You want to experience victory at your work, uh, in, in every arena of your life. You want to experience that victory, then, then this is the path that God has set. And it, it applies not just to what we do at church, it applies to every aspect of our lives. So, so what is this path to victorious living? How do we get on it? How do we ride this, this train to victory? Well, the first thing we see is that we need to uh, stay in sync with God's heart. Now, as followers of Jesus, make no mistake, God has connected you to himself. That's a beautiful thing. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 tells us that, that, um, that, that we were washed so that our sin, the stain of our sin, was washed away. We were washed, we were sanctified, and we were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is what God has done. When by faith we trusted Jesus as our Savior and King, he brought us into, our, into his family. He, 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 he planted Christ's righteousness and his perfection upon us as sinners. We didn't lose our sinfulness, but he covered it with his grace, with the righteousness of Christ. We're covered. And he takes the penalty of our sin and he plants it on Jesus. Jesus kills that penalty by his own death on the cross. And, And today, as followers of Christ, those who have repented their sin, placed their faith in Jesus, we now stand fully affirmed and loved by God as part of his family, not because what we have done, but because what Jesus has done for us. We were washed, we were sanctified, and we were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I are part of God's family, not because we go to a church, not because we sing a song every now and then, not because we open our Bible, not because we pray every now and then. We are part of God's family, and we are only part of God's family if we have received God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. But if you have, then you're you're right here on this path toward victory. But here's what I know about my own life. As a follower of Jesus, there have been days when I've walked in victory, and there are days when I haven't. The victory, the path, is still there, but why haven't I walked it? I've been washed, I've been sanctified, I've been justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I know that the Spirit of God resides within me. Why in the world am I not living victoriously? What's missing? Well, I'm not in sync with God's heart. That's where it begins. In Joshua chapter three, verse four, God says, "Hey, listen, you're going uh, to a place, going to unknown lands. You haven't walked this way before." Then Joshua chapter three, verse five, he says, he says, uh, Joshua says to the people, "Sanctify yourselves. Uh, Listen, sanctify yourselves." I got to turn there. Sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. See, we want the wonders. That's what we want. That's the victory. We want the wonders. We want the good stuff, right? We want the, we want the, the, the parting of the Red Sea. We want the parting of the Jordan. We want the the sun to stand still so we can win the battle. We want the good stuff. But here's what Joshua says, and this is what God says to us. If we're going to get the good stuff, if we're going to see the victory, if we're going to taste the victory in our everyday life, then the first thing we need to do today and every day is get in sync and stay in sync with the heart of God. That's what sanctify means. See, we have been sanctified by Jesus Christ so that uh, I'm going to get from here to heaven and when I get to heaven because of, of Christ's sacrifice for me, I'm made right in the sight of God and he sees me through the lens of Christ's holiness. But on this journey from here to heaven, on this side of heaven, for me to take hold of the victory that God provides, I need to sanctify myself. I need to set myself apart. Sanctify is a term that simply says, be holy. Uh, Peter, the disciple of Jesus, said a little bit differently in 1 Peter. He said, be holy even as I am holy, says the Lord your God. You want to know how to taste victory, then the first step is right now we need to make sure that we are in sync with God's heart. That our emotions are in sync with God's heart his will his purpose his plan that our marriages our relationships our finances our work our play our church is in sync with the heart of god his will his purpose his plan and if we're not then we need to cut off cut off the things that are out of sync And this is where Joshua chapter 5 comes in. Joshua chapter 5, we see a whole generation who had not been circumcised being circumcised. I'm not going to go through that, but it's a painful process, both physically and spiritually. But it's also a picture of the children of Israel committing themselves to be in sync with God and His character of love and grace and mercy, justice and holiness. For you and for me, what we need to do as followers of Jesus, we need to make sure that we're in sync with the heart of God. And if we're not in sync, then we need to have a spiritual circumcision. The circumcision that the prophets talked about, Uh, prophets like Ezekiel and Jeremiah, they said that we need to have a circumcision of our heart. That's where we're cutting away, allowing the Spirit of God to reveal and cut away those places in us that are out of sync with Him. Sanctify yourself. Now, this message is simple, and it's going to get simpler here in a second, but I just want to make it very clear. Unless we are in sync with the heart of God, we will not live in the victory that he provides. You want victory in your relationships. You want victory in your finances. You want victory in your church. You want victory at work. Then the key ingredient for us as followers of Jesus is is that we walk in sync with God's heart. And whatever it is in you and me, whether it's selfish ambition or whether it's its uh, 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 emotional doodads that go on inside. Doodads is the official uh, psychology term. Uh, emotional doodads that are going on inside of us, whether it's uh, holding grudges against other people, whether it's our own sense of self-importance, uh, whether it's... Uh, it's, it's uh, desires that are inconsistent with God's character of holiness, uh, uh, whether it's habits that we've embraced, whatever it is that, that, that is out of sync with God's heart. To sanctify yourself simply means that you bring it before God and you allow Him to chop it off. And today's the day for that to happen. This is the new beginning. It begins when we allow the Spirit of God to cut away those things in us that are inconsistent with God's will. And please, everybody kind of look this way. Please don't tell me you don't have things in your life that are inconsistent with God's will. We don't even play that game. Because we do. I, I need some fresh cutting today, don't you? If you want to have victory, and by the way, this is what promises the best day to come. This is what promises a better day today, not yesterday, today. Why? Because I can get rid of the junk and walk in sync with the heart of God and step forward in the victory that he has for me today. Today's an adventure, a victorious adventure when I'm walking in sync with the heart of God. So we need to stay in sync with God's heart. Second thing we need to do is we need to celebrate the love of Jesus. So in Joshua chapter five, they 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 have this big ritual, uh, this this uh, this sanctifying themselves both spiritually and physically. And then chapter five, verse four, uh, chapter 5, verse 10 says, Now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal, and they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. You know what the Passover is. Passover is a celebration meal where they get together and they remember, they soak in the love of God that rescued them from bondage in Egypt, set them free, parted Red Seas, Gave manna from heaven, bread, uh, 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 water from a rock, gave them Ten Commandments. See, and God did all of that, but the Passover is the main meal that celebrates the sacrifice that provided rescue for them. And so before they do anything at Jericho, they're going to celebrate the love that God has given them. They're going to soak. In that love, they're going to step into the flow of that love that will encourage them and inspire them in the moments ahead, in the weeks ahead, in the days ahead to live in sync with God's heart. Because, can I tell you, and this is just me personally, uh, getting in sync with the heart of God is a painful process. For me and for you, for anybody that's following, spiritual surgery is never easy. And there will be times when we are tempted to step back from the spiritual surgery that we need to have in order to live in victory. There will be days when when it gets hard and tough and challenging, and we're going to be tempted to step back from living in sync with the heart of God because it's just easier uh, with not as much pain, not as much difficulty for us uh, if we don't go through that spiritual surgery. So what presses us forward into the hard places of spiritual surgery into the difficult times of walking through challenging terrain, of even confronting giant walls and obstacles like the walls of Jericho, what is it that presses us forward? It's that God has loved us so much that he sent Jesus to rescue us from our sin. And the God who loved me that much is the God who will continue to walk with me no matter what I face. I find the greatest nourishment for my soul, not in freedom from difficulty, but rather I find the greatest nourishment for my soul soaking in the love of God given to me by Jesus Christ. You and I, hey listen, we want to be nourished in the deepest places of our lives so that we can walk in the victory that God has given us. But the only way for us to do that is to sit like the children of Israel and celebrate God's love. You and I need to step in the flow of God's love every single day, not just occasionally, not just next week when we have communion together. We need to step in the flow of God's love. When we wake up in the morning, this is what gives us a new day. When we walk through the day, just just flowing in the love that God has given us in Christ Jesus, a tangible expression of his love is that we can know him. And we can hear from him, and we can obey him, which is the third ingredient. You see, it's not just celebrating the love of Jesus, not just staying in sync with, 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 with the heart of God, but, but ultimately and finally, it is faithfully obey God's instructions. Hey, this is what gets down to the brass tacks for us. Obedience leads to victory. Disobedience leads to disaster. An entire generation, because of their disobedience, lived in defeat. And now the children of Israel are faced with the same circumstance. They can decide, we're not going to do this God's way, we're going to do it our way, and there will be defeat and devastation. Look at the next chapter, it's called The City of Ai. Disobedience led to disaster. Here at Jericho, chapter 6, God gives great instructions, and he says, if you'll follow these instructions, then the victory, you'll be able to step into the victory that i prepared. Walk around a city once every day for six days. Walk around that same city six, uh, seven times on the seventh day, and God will bring the victory. And they obeyed. And God delivered the city into their hands. I, I, I don't want to spiritualize this too much, but can I just make it very clear? You want victory in your life? You want, I mean, when I say victory, I mean you want the full measure of life. You want to, you want to uh, drink the cup of life dry. You want to taste life in all of its fullness and, and, and all of its joy and pleasure. You want victory regardless of the circumstances. That's what I want. But the only way I'm going to get there is if I obey God faithfully every single day. If I commit myself to follow God's instructions. Obedience leads to victory. Disobedience leads to defeat. You get it? I mean, write this one down. This is what needs to move us every day that we wake up. And again, this is not just an occasional thing. This is an everyday journey. This is something that we need to find pulsing in our soul. I want victory today. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be diligent. I'm going to be obsessive about following God's instructions in my everyday life. Today, God has given us a path to walk. And that path will lead us to victory. Again, I'm not saying everything's going to be easy. I'm talking about, I mean, victory only comes when the battle is hard or when there's a battle to be fought. If there's not a battle to be fought, there, I mean, that's just called, that's just called uh, easy street. And I don't know anybody in this room who's walking that street. And we all have battles to fight. And some of you are fighting battles that most of the people in this room do not know. And circumstances stink and difficulties have arisen and you don't know what to do. Can I just humbly suggest that this is the path. It doesn't make everything easy. It just means you have victory in the midst of it. When we lash our life to Jesus Christ, we live each day. We soak our soul in the victory that he provides. Will you faithfully obey God's instructions? The good news for us is that no matter what the battle is that we have to fight, as followers of Jesus, Jesus is with us. This is the end of chapter 5, Joshua chapter 5. and Joshua's walking around uh, Jericho, looking at Jericho and evaluating Jericho, and, and all of a sudden there's this guy there with his sword drawn in, in army, in fatigue, right? And he's ready for battle. And, and, and Joshua sees him and he says, are you a friend or are you a foe? Are you for us or are you against us? Now, I, want you to, I want you to see uh, in, in uh, verse 14, Joshua 5, 14. He says, no. This is the guy that's got his sword. He says, No, I am the commander of the army of the Lord, and I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face and worshiped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? And commander of the Lord's army said, Take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Make no mistake, that was Jesus. That was Jesus himself, armed for battle. I know you and I, we, we sometimes feel like we're in this all by ourselves, but if we're followers of Jesus, we're not. Jesus is armed for battle, and the warfare that we're fighting most of the time is not against flesh and bone, but it's spiritual. And Jesus has got his sword drawn, and he's ready to give us the victory today and every day, but we must stay in sync with God's heart and celebrate the love of Jesus and Obey the instructions that God gives. If you get nothing else today, get this. As followers of Jesus, obedience leads to victory. Disobedience leads to defeat. Stop living in defeat. Would you bow your heads when we please? I didn't get a chance to talk about Rahab, but, but give me just a moment to talk about her. I, uh, Rahab is such an awesome story. She lived in the city of Jericho. She had a, a, a checkered lifestyle, to say the least. But she saw these spies that had come into the city of Jericho from the children of Israel, and she saw them, and she invited them into her home, and she protected them, and she, she hid them because the king of Jericho was looking for them to kill them. And Rahab protected them and, and, and brought her into, and treated them as if they were family. And Rahab said to the spies, she said, "Now as you leave, I want you to let's make a, a promise to each other, as I've treated you like family, will you also treat me like family?" And the spies said yes. So when the children of Israel on that seventh day, walked around the walls of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down, those, Joshua sent those same spies to Rahab to rescue her and to bring her into their family. Now, you and I all are like Rahab. We all have our checkered history and past. Our sin has uh, created a great stain on our soul. But the only way that we can be brought into God's family is if we're rescued by Jesus. But God the Father sends Jesus the Son to our rescue, and he invites us into his family through faith in Jesus Christ. If you were to stand before God today, somehow, some way, right here, right now, you were to stand before God, and God were to say to you, why should I let you into my heaven? What would your response be? Would it be something about how good you've been? Would it be something about how bad others are compared to how good you've been? Would it, would it be a, a, a highlighting some, some acts that you have done, religious or moral, that, that should somehow uh, earn your way into heaven? Or would you really try to talk your way into heaven before a holy God who cannot have friendship with any kind of measure of sin? Would you try to talk your way into heaven without any acknowledgement of a need for rescue? See, that's where some of us are today in this room. We've, we've, tried, we've, we've tried to talk our way into heaven, act as if what we're doing, good stuff versus bad stuff, is sufficient to make us right with God. But the Bible's clear and says we're not. We need a rescuer, and that person is Jesus Christ. And today, he offers you victory over death itself. Yes, death can be swallowed up in victory, but only through faith in Jesus Christ. And today, you're here, and and you know that if God were to say, why should I let you into heaven, you wouldn't have a good answer. And this morning, God says, the only answer, the only good answer, the only right answer is that Jesus, his death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead has made me fit for heaven. Today, will you receive Jesus as Savior and King? Will, will that be your choice today? Will, will you embrace him and experience the full measure of life that only he can provide? There is no other way. And, and perhaps even now... The faith you need to believe on Jesus, God has awakened in your heart and you're ready to choose Him. You're ready to receive Him. If that's who you are, then in a few moments when we stand to worship the Lord together, I invite you to come to one of the uh, ministers here at the front and just share with them, I, I need to choose Christ today. We would love to help you on that journey of faith. Others of you are here, you're followers of Jesus. You know what you need to do? You need to come to the altar and sanctify yourself. You just need to get in sync with the heart of God. Allow the Spirit of God to cut away all those things that are dis- disconnected, out of sync with God's heart, His will, His purpose, His character. You need to come to this altar and, and, and sanctify yourself. Or maybe you need to come to the altar and just uh, step into the flow of Christ's love. Remember again that he, His love for you is, is a life-shaping soul-satisfying love, and you need to come and celebrate that love. Or maybe you need to come and ask God for the grace you need to be obedient to Him in the hard things this week. Ultimately and finally, we just want to celebrate the blessings that we have because Jesus has given us life, and I invite you to do that in these next few moments as we worship Him. So God, as you have spoken your word to your people, as you've spoken By your spirit to those who are far from you, I pray that you would do that work of grace in the lives of all who have gathered here and that you would bring about victory for us as a church because of what you do in the lives of individuals gathered here in this place. Be glorified as we adore you and as we worship you and give us the courage to respond to your call. It's in the name of Jesus we pray.